was uh how was your week? <laughs> how was my week? Uh I spent this week in the hospital. Yeah. Um it was not fun. I mean, yeah. listen, there there are certain parts about a hospital stay that are interesting. You know, it's definitely not a boring stay. You know, sleeping uh, on a chair. Right? Yeah, sleeping on a recliner. I honestly, I want one of those hospital recliners. I have no idea how much it would cost me to get one. I've actually reached out to one of the suppliers of uh, medical chairs in the Buffalo area to try to source one, and um, just hasn't panned out. Like they've never gotten back to me about it. I guess my my individual sale of a chair is not worth it to them when <laughs> compared to like the bulk orders that hospitals probably make. Oh yeah. <laughs> You get a nice lazy boy though. Yeah, I could. Don't forget about the money. I just want something that's gonna last forever and feel clinical, you know. Why would we ever <laughs> do that though? Well, sir, don't forget about the money. <laughs> oh, so let me tell you guys, I got a new graphics card today. Mm. Oh, Matt actually gave it to you. Yeah. Oh, he told you about that, or did I tell you about that? Mm, what have you guys told me that? I don't know. You're gonna play RuneScape so much faster now. <laughs> I'm going to be playing Pong, Fonz. Oh, man. Ray tracing Pong. (laughs) (laughs) You can trace the one ray. The the ball. (laughs) The one ray. (laughs) Guys, I don't have notes. I have zero notes. I'm flying by the seat of my pants because I was in the hospital and I didn't want to go back through the game footage and take notes while I was there. I do have some notes. Great. Just as per high school, I pretty much have no notes. <laughs> I mean, I played it. <laughs> what more do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I read it. What more do you want from me? That was it in school. <laughs> yeah, I literally wrote them down. Now I'm like, where are they now? There was one point I wanted to make, and I don't want to like forget the point that I was going to make. <laughs> it's a cool point, but like... I'll feel like I'll forget it if I don't know where my notes are. Don't forget about the temple. <laughs> hey, there's there's some there were some characters in this one. <laughs> don't don't, f- don't forget about it. I got I got one joke that I want to make, but it's for later. I'm sure I'm sure we'll be making all later kinds of tape. jokes, but there's one I want to make. I, can't I know as soon as we start, there's one thing I want to throw some shade at. As soon as we get to it. Oh, snap. Okay, well. What, the whole desert? <laughs> well, I mean, kind of, but. <laughs> Throw some shade at the whole desert, though. For no B for yes, the Legend of Zelda podcast, where we go chapter by chapter through the game. This week, uh, you have me, Ryan Fonzie, and with me, as always, my co-hosts. I'm a whole desert. I'm the time in between two Reese's cups where everything is great. And I'm a whole desert. A whole desert. Mm, a whole, <laughs> thing. whole thing. All right. I'm kind of like a whole dessert, so it's kind of like the same thing. 
<laughs> One's clearly better. It's got that. It's got that extra S, y'all. Yeah, it does. It's like a, it's like a cherry on top. All right, so, so we're here, guys. We made it. We're in uh, Lanayru, right? Like we 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 take another flight off of Skyloft. Before we get there, I guess is there anything else on Skyloft you guys kind of want to go over before we before we go to Lanayru? I mean, aside from the room where it happened, nah. Yeah, there's nobody to stop us this time and say, hey, new side quest, like, you gotta do it. Like, there's there's nothing, none of that. You can pretty much just straight shot over it. Forget about them um, people. Yeah, I mean, I like to go around and see what new items I can buy and upgrade with the stuff I have, but as soon as I'm done with that, headed right out. Yeah, I went and, like, just, like, I was Beatles' favorite person in the world because, <laughs> you know, I had that, <laughs> I had that big thrill digger money. <laughs> <laughs> the real digger, man. You know, Eldon was our uh, our power level, and I came out with a lot of buying power in my pockets, y'all. You were like you were like Ooh. Goku in Dragon Ball Z. You just leveled up your power level right there. That was your that was your <laughs> Saiyan saga arc. I I got that Super Saiyan wallet. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I got that Saiyan money. I got that Saiyan money. <laughs> oh no, not Lonely Island. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we can head out. Um. Drop down into Elden and uh, end up on a big piece of machinery. Oh. It's got a few locusts stuck to it. Pretty cool. Um, I think you start out in the mining facility, right? The mine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Nehru mine. Um, which, you know, it, w- before we got here, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't talk to the fortune teller or anything like that. Um, but those eyes. Maybe I didn't. She was like, there's going to be elec- electricity. Forget about that fortune teller. <laughs> Bring a wooden shield. I was like, all right, cool. Good advice. Yeah, because, I mean, we get here, there's not really anything to catch your eye too much in the first area. There is some broken down robots that are laying on the ground, and you're like, what do these do? And then you try to talk to one, and it's just dot. Yeah, some dead robos. What are we going to do? Can't do much, you know? Nothing we can do right now. Link's not a technician. (laughs) No, no, he's not. It's, I mean, if you were to go and talk to, um, uh, what's his name? His name, he's named after a condor, but he's like Gondo, I think. Oh, the guy at the Skyloft, the engineer? Yeah, he's the one who does like your upgrades and stuff. Yeah. If you go talk to him at night, he actually has one of these robots in his house that he's trying to fix up that I guess like his dad left to him or something like that. Yeah. But you, I can't, actually, you can't help him with it yet. <laughs> so I've actually done that quest, not, but that's, that's a yes. story quest for later. Mm. Yeah, it's a quest for later, I believe. But yeah, so... You just kind of walk around at this desert place. You kind of go through some caves. There's some new enemies like the yellow choo-choo that electrocutes you, the most annoying choo-choo in the world. Yeah. Everything electricity in this game is just like the worst. Yep. All right, you know, I got something to throw some shade at right now. Okay. You know what? Those giant crabs that roll around in their shell, Uh I hate them things. Hate them. That's right. Wait, don't we have to like still work to get to those guys though? Yeah, we do. They're not a ways away. Well, he just said enemies of the desert. Oh, my bad. All right. Yeah, I was talking about the mine. Save, save, save your shade, man. Save, save that shade. shade. <laughs> I hate him. Let me hit him. We find those, those like froggies that were in the lava, only this time they're in the sand and they're called electro spooms. And yeah, they're still annoying. And they're worse. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no big eyeball to crush them with this time. So you really just got to like, if you want to kill them, you got to like roll bombs at them. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. At one point I tried to like, 
jump out at one, like do a jump and then jump strike and try to hit it. Um, turns out it was a really bad move because it <laughs> it swam backwards like two feet and it was, became out of range and then Link just basically dove into the sand and mm, died. God, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, that, so don't so don't do that. It doesn't work. I did that once too. I was doing it out of spite, mostly. <laughs> not gonna lie, because I wasn't gonna. He had all of his friends with him, so it's not like I was gonna kill more than one. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, I just want to see if I can, just just because it'll be so satisfying. And then it did not work at all. It's pretty easy to kill him with bombs, though. Either throwing or rolling them. Yeah, that worked too. Yeah, so we, we move through some of this stuff and we come up to a um, sort of well, we come up to like a dead mine cart, right? We move up to a mine cart and we have to move it forward because there's like a big open area with a bunch of like mechanics and it's all sort of like washed away, taken by the desert erosion. And you there's like a bluish crystal sort of in the back and when you hit it after moving this minecart forward, it sort of does this like cutscene thing, and then all of a sudden the world just goes whoosh and changes. Yeah, it creates like a big ring around it where suddenly like you have green grass on the ground and like flowers exist and like anything that was in disrepair or aged or whatever kind of it gets a newer shine to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um and what you learn is that these things are called time stones, right? Time crystals, time stone, one yep. of the two. Time shift stones, I think. Time shift stones. Yes. So they uh, do exactly what they get. They shift the time. Um, so basically, like, you hit it and it creates, like, a bubble of the past. And one of the things you'll notice is that it can bring back mine carts. Um, but in the right areas, it'll actually also bring back life to life these dead robots. Ancient robot, and that's the thing. Like, are they alive? Like, are they actually sentient? Like, I mean, they seem to be sentient, but I mean, they're like they have a personality. So, right, and they're well. Okay, all, let me just say, all the ones in this first area, their personality is trash. Like, I, <laughs> I, every single one of them is just rude. <laughs> like, you go and talk to them, and they're like, "Yeah, you shouldn't be here." Think you about it, leave. like actual miners, though. Like, there's, I'm sure miners, you know, are rude. Like, you know, we don't know, but... <laughs> okay, well, let's not stereotype all the miners, okay? <laughs> Get out of the mines, everybody! You know, that kind of vibe, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's what they were going with. You see, salty miner robots. <laughs> 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 this is this is a danger zone for professionals. You shouldn't be here. Like, it's pretty much the vibe they give off, except, you know, they're robots, so they don't have an accent. They're very much like, this is you probably shouldn't spot. be here. Like, it's just very straight to the point. Yeah. Um, and every time I talk to one, I just want to like send them back to the future where they just, you know, <laughs> don't function anymore. There's only one that I like. Yeah. There's maybe like two or three that were okay. Cause one is like, oh, you're probably wondering how these claws work or something like that. Like, this is just like, because they're all like digging at the walls with like these big bladed claw looking things. Um, you know, being that they're working in the mines. Um, I don't know. So, some cool stuff. I've heard theories that, like, you know, the Ocarina of Time was made out of time shift stones. I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, I don't know where that's sourced from. I don't know if that's, like, in one of the books or something or if that's just a fan theory. So, it is in 
because I was just going over this the other day with Cameron, or well, when I was playing through the game, but it's in the Hyrule Historia that the Ocarina of Time is made out of one of the Time Shift stones. It's kind of wild, right? It's same color, so yeah. To to me, it seems like one of those things where you know in Hyrule Historia, like they say a lot of things in that book, but um. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like one of those things where it's like, I, I almost feel like the Ocarina of Time is more magical without that. Mm. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Like, I feel like they really did a lot in the Ocarina of Time game to like play up the power of music and specifically songs played from an ocarina. They didn't say anywhere like, oh, it has to be an ocarina made of, of time shift stone. But I mean, hey, I guess if you're going to like take the entire world and I don't know. I mean, really, all you do is like open and close doors, right? So maybe it's like you're shifting those time blocks through time using the time shift stone. Yeah. Song, you know. It's probably just a convenient explanation at the time. Like when Ocarina of Time came out, I doubt that they had all that planned out. But by the time they'd gotten to where they'd made time shift stones, they're like, hey, we had an Ocarina of Time. Why don't we just have that be made out of this thing we just made? Yeah, that sounds (laughs) cool. I mean, that, that would make sense, right? It does stuff with time and... The, the stone does time. Like, yeah, exactly. I feel like that was just a convenient match that they made. It's like in Star Wars Episode One, where they had the Force, and then they were like, oh, let's try to explain the Force right. in midichlorians. Yeah, it's, it's exactly <laughs> like the midichlorians to the Force yeah. would be the time stone to the ocarina. Hey, uh, Miyamoto there. Uh, what color should we make the time shift stones? Uh, probably blue to match the ocarina. It'll make a real cool trivia point later. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh, okay, great. I mean, they're not the same color, though, because the time stones are like a deep purple, and ocarina is like a light blue. Which, I mean, aren't the farthest away on the spectrum, but they are a little different. Maybe time aged the time stone. Yeah, I mean, maybe, it's just, maybe it's just like was crushed into a powder, so it was like a lighter color, and then like... It was molded into the ocarina, so... Okay, know. and then it's got some other stuff in there. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's mixed in with some... 50% time stone! With some other stuff, for some force crystals or whatever. You can figure it out. It's all good. It's just a midichlorian in there. <laughs> Depends on how you look at the ocarina, because some pictures of the ocarina in, in uh, Ocarina of Time are very very deep purpley blue and then some of them like if you look at like an illustration of it it's light blue sort of like if you hit a time shift stone it turns light blue and then some of the pictures are like a deep deep blue almost indigo there's like not a solid color choice that the ocarina of time has it's always different in like every freaking picture you look up make up your minds yeah really it really it's an it's an iridescent like you know it's a quantum blue color (laughs) (laughs) it changes yeah, between every lighting makes it look different, you know, every every concept art has a different shade for whatever reason. Yeah, it's weird. You gotta remember the little golden ring around the top, though, that has the Triforce in it. That's that's the real important part. Yeah, like, every picture of it is, is just different. I've seen someone that had one in real life, and it was blue, so... <sighs> oh, it's gotta be the right color. <laughs> it's gotta be the right color. I mean, you can't just replicate something without it being correct, right? No. No. That's illegal. Uh, oh goodness! All right, so, so this is, I guess, far beyond before the Ocarina of Time was ever manufactured. But I guess there's, you know, there's a lot of time shift stones. So you'd think that maybe some of that material went into some other stuff, but maybe not. Maybe just 
all of them were lost except for the ones that went into the ocarina. Exactly. But, I mean, it also kind of reasons that you could have more than one ocarina of time. So, I mean. Or just knows? more instruments of time. There could be an entire orchestra and band of time. Yeah, you know, we have the. The trumpet of time, the trombone of time. We have the wind, the, <laughs> the conductor's baton yeah. from Wind Waker. That could be made out of Zelda bassoon of time. <laughs> I listen to my treble of time. In every parallel universe, it's a different instrument. <laughs> There's the flute in the original Zelda. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is true. That flute's pretty cool. Speaking of the original Zelda, I just I just beat that for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're getting way off topic. We are. I probably never will. It's good. I'd recommend it. So we walked through this mine <laughs> and. We find some Lanayru ants, we find some ancient flowers, bunch of new stuff, you know, we we go through a giant sand chasm pit with sandy waterfalls and a bunch more spumes and platforms to run on with stamina fruits and work with time crystals. I got stuck in this place, man. Oh no. They're just trying to get us like accustomed to the desert mechanics and not make it too hard yet. Yeah, so there's this one part where you need to um, bowl a bomb. Oh, yeah, across the sand. Like, all the way down a hallway, like like you're actually in a bowling alley. <laughs> and um, I didn't realize that that was the puzzle that they had set up. Um, so there might have even been, like, a Deku Baba or something down there. I don't remember, but whatever it was, it was completely clear. But I was like, okay, so there's a time stone way down this hallway, but I don't think I can hit it. I think I even pulled out the bug and tried to fly it down, and it ran out of juice. And, like, died on me. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I have to, like, hit some other time shift stone that's, like, on the other side of a wall somewhere. So, like, I literally went to the map, figured out where the closest, like, time shift stone behind a wall would be to get the right circle to hit this area. And, like, ran all the way back to it because I had, like, the the one I was looking for was literally all the way back. And based on the map, like, it should have actually radiated through the wall. And I was like, all right, I got this. I went all the way back again, and it just didn't do anything. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And eventually, I figured it out. You get to roll a bomb down the path. But, like, I spent an unusual amount of time in this area because I backtracked for no reason, <laughs> thinking that the puzzle was I have to make sure something way before this is set right. <laughs> um, so that that was rough. That was just the first rough thing. <laughs> there's there's going to be a lot of rough things this episode. Well. At least that's a good thing that that's the last time shift crystal before we leave the mine. Yeah, right. Like you think that the mine would be a little more significant, but there's actually just about nothing there. <laughs> um, there. There's even like some side rooms that just like gives you rupees or certain bugs. But um, but there isn't exactly story like it's not driven by like these robots don't give you any critical information. They really just are annoyed with you for being there. You exist. What's a human doing here? And yeah, you you get a few small odds and ends before you get let out into the great Lanayru Desert, right? It's like Cameron's favorite place. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense that they're mad at you, though. Just imagine if you're like walking around in a random factory that's making something. You think everyone's going to be like, oh, look at this guy. Hey, how's it going? You on a tour? Thanks for coming by. They're going to be like, get out. What <laughs> are you doing? I don't even know what Link is because he's a human. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Um, in the beginning of the story, you know how like you have those pictures, and we talked about um, the intro where like Fee is talking about the goddess at war with the demons, with like all of the land races. Mm -hmm. 
Um, one of those land races, quote unquote, are these robots, which would lead you to believe, okay, maybe they are supposed to be like a whole sentient race of their own, um, which is kind of contradictory to what we think of robots typically. Like they're not exactly something that, you know, say holds an actual career or like, I don't know, has a family. Mm-hmm. Basically, these things are supposed to be one of the races. Like, they're one of the ones that the goddess Hylia went to war alongside, along so, with, like, you know, the Magma and the Kikwi. They're actually more like sentient golems than they are robots? I guess so. They have, like, a life force energy, I guess. Albeit, it's like electricity. Which, uh, which really puts a, a damper on it when, like, you know, on present day, they're all, like, rubble on the ground, all destroyed and broken apart. Um... Because there aren't, at least for the time being, there aren't any modern day um, uh, robots. I guess I don't even know what they're actually called. They're like out. They have codes like LS one three three something or other. Like they don't. I don't know what the actual name of the the name of the species is. I just think they're called ancient robots. That's their name of their species. Well, that just makes it even more confusing. Then let's nickname them Anchos. <laughs> They they do have they do have names, okay. a few of them, but Yeah. Angels. Anchos. Yeah. <laughs> sounds, sounds like anchovies. Well you don't want them on your pizza, my guy. <laughs> no, I definitely don't. Definitely don't. Alright, I'm sure we'll come up with names, but whatever now so, yeah, we'll call them anchos. We're moving on to the desert now, past the anchos. Can we get to my Can favorite? I sling my shade now, my Can guy? Can I say how much my yeah. favorite place throw is? Your, throw it's your my shade. favorite place. So we got, we got a bunch of shade, shade build up from the anchos, now we gotta let it in loose. In my favorite place. These crabs in their shells, even after I learned how to deal with them and moved on, I came back to this place like two or three weeks later and was trying to hunt for some tumbleweeds and found myself forgetting how to deal with them and having them kick my butt all over again until I remembered. <laughs> yeah, so there's these uh, wheel-form hermit crabs that like to get in their shell and, like, roll out at you. With electricity all around them. Roll out. Right, as if, like, the move wasn't good enough. Yeah, you want to know how punny their name is? Look how punny is their name. Ampulus. What? Ampulus. Ampulus. Yeah. Like amp, but ampulous. Yeah. Ha ha, so punny. So punny. They, they don't make music, though. You're saying eula, ampula, as in like amp sculptula kind of deal? No, like ampulous. ampulous. Okay. Ampulous. All right. Well, yep. they're hermit crabs. <laughs> and they're terrifying. Yep. They're electricity-covered hermit crabs. They're, they're literally of the worst. <laughs> and, like, at, at first, they're just, like, a, a problem. Like, you get down and they just, like, they come at you from all directions. Like, they're pretty much invincible most of the time you're fighting them. Um, And they're deadly. But, I mean, you kind of get – you might get the hang of it. You might learn, okay, you can get them to run into stuff and kind of take them out that way. Yep. Um, yeah. I think the strategy to them is just – run up behind them and then start slashing at their face they can't do anything mm, okay if you can find a way to just to just Works run up behind them like it ain't no thing i mean then yeah i guess go ahead and do that as soon as i get within like a radius of them they start rolling at me no matter where they're looking <laughs> oh they, they shouldn't do that Unless well i am playing on the newer game. game maybe they changed it yeah maybe that's why because i just run up right behind them and start 
busting away at their face with the goddess sword. With the goddess tornado. Right. Well, if if you don't have a cracked game like Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just cracked. I'm too cracked at the Skyward Sword. Um, then, yeah, you might want to just have them run into something. <laughs> oh, wait, we're playing Skyward can, Sword? I was playing Flyward can. Sword. What? <laughs> the, the knockout. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So... So we make our way through here until we come up to a and, and like literally, I mean, yeah, like I don't, I don't love to like minimize things, but there are so much in this desert that is just big empty space with one enemy, and that's what you're dealing with. Um, that make our way through here is exactly what we're doing. Like it's not. Ugh, this is this part is a trudge. <laughs> so this part is, it's a it's a march. It's it's a time sink. Like if it's literally sands of time, like you just get lost in the. That everything it's so bad anyway that is true so we make our way through until we come up to a caged ancho <laughs> and there's like a caged time stone and there's even like some areas with like uh little like skeletons on the ground so there's something else here um i think if i remember right like you have to end up like tossing a bomb into the cage with the time stone and what happens is the whole area comes back to life and you have your ancho who comes back and you end up with a uh, Bacoblin who comes back as well. But he's not your standard Bacoblin. Technoblin. This dude, if I if I remember right, like is this the first one we get with electricity? Yeah, it's the Technoblin, man. Yeah, Technoblin. It's it, it straight up like Bill Noblin, the Tech Bacoblin. Like he's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like... He's got a radiator sword on his carrying his all electricity. He's got though. like this, this like it's like straight up, like right out of like the No More Heroes game. Like he's got this like this arc <laughs> sword, <laughs> that arc reactor sword that <laughs> he stole Tony Stark's stuff. That is like wired to his belt or something, and when he lights it up, like the reflection shows in his lab goggles. <laughs> Like, this dude is like... Uh-huh. I expect him to be like, I've come from the future, tell me what Kana is. <laughs> it's it's such a good design. What gets me is like, is like, so you're saying, what you're throwing at me, Nintendo, is that these dudes was smart at some time. These red guys, right, that were just like tribal cavemen, was smart at some time. That's what you was Either throwing. Either they at. were smart or they were very well equipped by somebody. Cause like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, it, it. These dudes are like, on, honestly, of all the things that we face in the desert, like I kind of wish that like everywhere on social media, my profile picture was one of these guys. Cause they're just like they're <laughs> that cool. I'm like, I'm gonna. Yeah, you, know, you have to go through. You have to kill them all. But like, you know. You see when you're like, wow, like that's a really cool design. I mean, like the way that the goggles light up, even when he like turns on his sword and everything and comes at you, I'm like, mm-hmm. you, sir, are a legend. <laughs> like, I'm so, so sorry you existed <laughs> however many years ago these time shift stones go. Uh, but yeah, no, they were, they, they had some beast, some beast equipment. It was, they're so good. I love them. Could you imagine what it's like from their perspective with Link? They're just like chilling in their own time, and all of a sudden, like this little area <laughs> pops up, and there's just a green guy standing there with a sword. Like, what? To- right? Like, what? And then he like turns and hits it, like something that you don't even see, just disappears. Like, uh, wait, Ted, yo, Ted, get over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, right? I mean, I'm, 
it's kind of funny to think of how that works. I was, it was, uh, I think I was in the mine still, and there was a time shift stone that was still active, and I hit it, and I had a yellow chew coming at me from the past side. And he gets into the bubble of the past. Sorry, the future side. And he gets into the bubble of the past and then just died. Simultaneously, I had gotten a Technoblin to the outside of the past bubble. And when he walked outside of that past bubble, he just yeah. turned into bone. Yeah, I watched that happen so too. Hard. Yeah, I did I did the same thing. <laughs> it just falls Because he gets out there and just like turns back into a skeleton, right? Like it's just like he just becomes that pile of bones that he was before. So what's weird is it like, did he actually die? Or is he still on the past? Like, where'd he go? <laughs> right? Like it's like it's like the only like okay, so if you kill them, they turn into purple skull smoke, just like every other Bacoblin. But if they are able to, I guess, live out their life and have a natural death, <laughs> I guess, then they become a skeleton on the ground? I don't know. It's very, very strange. And it's also um, funny that as soon as they walk out of that circle, they never move from that spot for the rest of their existence. Yeah, that's the other word. Because you think that their life would just carry on, but they die right there. And they were so confused at Link. They built an entire scientific facility in that spot to, to try to test where where did this green man go. They never moved to that <laughs> spot because hoping one day he would come back. It's like the Rick and Morty <laughs> episode, right? <laughs> Where they're waiting for him on the other side of the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh. That was a good episode. I guess that, if anything, that kind of confirms that, like, NPCs and mobs in, in the Zelda series don't actually ever move from their post. Like, it's just kind of canonized that they're always there. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Uh, I don't know. Some yeah. of them have, like, a spot they walk through, but, yeah. Once, once you introduce time travel to a game, it tends to stop making sense. And in this case, it's just a little more obvious than normal. Um, because Link can just go in and out of this time stuff like it's, like it's nothing. It doesn't matter. Like, he can he can be there when the time stone activates. The goddess sword protects him. He doesn't disappear. <laughs> I, I guess so. Um, yeah, enemies just die wherever they were. I mean, clearly these robots, like, even though you go back in time to a part where it was like, vibrant and like full of life and they're doing all of this work like when you unshift the stone it's like clearly that's all they ever did until they died like i don't know there's just a lot of stuff about it that don't make no sense they never got nowhere man <laughs> yeah well um yeah but once you kill those, those uh scientists the technoblins you free the ancho and he up he's like oh man Thank you for getting me out of here. And he's like, "Wow, your book deal <laughs> sucks." Let me it's upgrade like, Yo, it for this you. This is some seriously obsolete tech you got here. You need to, you need to upgrade this. <laughs> he's like, "I'll see what I can do for you if because you saved me." But like, eh, you're not giving me much to work with here. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> gives you a uh, like a like a claw attachment for it, right? So you can like grab stuff, pick things up. You can pick bombs up from like trees that are around the desert and blow up those stupid birds yeah i always clear the birds out before i even approach an area i don't think i had to actually fight one bird the whole whole level because i was just do that that i hate those drone warfare (laughs) just like this what this whole level is it, it very quickly becomes just that like everywhere you go 
It's just it's a standard operating procedure. I'm going to launch my beetle. I'm going to grab a bomb. I'm going to toss it somewhere. Uh, we'll rinse and repeat. We're just going to keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to work that way. It's like sudden, suddenly these uh, these hermit crab wheel things have become platforms for us to get across the sand. But it doesn't really make a difference because all you're doing is beetle warfare. Go grab a bomb. Drop it on the little shell dude. Run out to the shell. Get to the next platform. Got like I wish I could say that like you know like there were some really interesting puzzles and the way they did some of these set pieces was just amazing. No, I I honestly like this was one of the first parts of this game where going through it even in my head I was like the makers of this game do not respect my time. <laughs> like <laughs> like they they are pretty certain that I was not going to get bored with this and they guessed wrong. I don't know. You know what's fun though. What's fun though? You guys ever like try to shed a cactus naked? Like when you cut it and it like loses some of its spikes? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. My oh, God, I I sat there for like five minutes trying to clean off this cactus. <laughs> <laughs> Turned it from green to white. Okay. I was like the funnest. This is how. Listen, people. This is how unentertaining the desert is that I spent five to ten minutes shearing a cactus, okay? Because I thought that was more fun than doing the desert. That was the entertainment. Oh, my. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah, speaking of the birds, speaking of the birds, though, they're called hawks. The hawks are a species of cormorant. How do you spell hawks? H-R-O-K. Hrock. Oh, oh, okay, rock. Okay, isn't the um? Aren't they called uh, Helmarocks and Wind Waker? Yep. Okay. Same same thing. I think just a different species. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I don't know, but rocks. They I don't like them. Probably my least favorite enemy in this whole. One of them dropped a bomb or rock thing on me and knocked me off of the invisible sand bridge that is somewhere in the desert you know like you're like walking on sand but it's actually there's a platform there and he knocked me off of it and i drowned yeah yeah like i said i would always clear out the area before i even got in because i knew that they were bad news some of the worst enemies i pretty much just kept moving and they didn't keep up i killed a couple but i usually just ran past them and ignored them gotcha they only had so much of a range around where they like sat to get after you Actually, I'm sorry. They're not my least favorite enemy in this in this whole desert. There's one more that's even worse for me. Okay, I'm sure we'll get to it, right? We haven't seen it yet. Yep. No. All right. Cool, cool. So we make it through a series of these platform puzzles um, until we come up to a... It's like a uh, canyon area. Like we we basically yeah. like get go through a little cave and we come out on the other side and it's just big like there's pl- plateau platforms everywhere, broken um, down desert tree. Yeah, there's a broken down desert tree. There's like a there's like a, a few mine carts and some like old rails that look like they're cut off every time they go over a gap. Like they used to have bridges, but the bridges never like none of them lasted. They all got broken down. So you end up having to use time stones like i think some of them are in the cart some of them are just kind of off on platforms um i think the trick of the stones is that only one can be activated at a time right is that yeah this area peeved me like no other i'm sorry to hear that it was a little annoying yeah yeah just couldn't 
I don't know. This this part, it, I mean, it was, listen, it was a welcome reprieve from the desert. I'll tell you that. Like, I was like, oh, something different. This is fantastic. <laughs> like, I don't have to, I don't have to stand on any shells. I don't have to kill any more hermit crabs. I can just kind of do some time stone puzzles. It's fine. This is good. I was okay with it. Refreshing. I, I am going to say, like, getting the, because one of the things you do is you actually hit a time stone up in that broken down tree. And you send the tree back in time and it like grows back into like a giant tree. And that was kind of, that was like mm-hmm. a really cool visual. Yeah. Um, you said there was no visuals in the desert. What are you talking No, not in the main desert. The main desert's horrible. That's true. I yeah. will not take that back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, this, the big tree was, was pretty nice. Um, but yeah, basically, you make your way across these platforms and through the tree. Uh, again, just making our way through because that's what we do. There's no, there's no story in any of this. It's literally just, hey, guess what, Link? You're in the desert. Deal with it. Um, we get past the tree, and uh, what we come up to is the Temple of Time. And I think even uh, our dude Gorko is out here trying to figure out how he's going to get in because the entrance has been destroyed. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the biggest set piece of this entire area is the temple of time. It's existence in this game. Um, I know last episode we talked about how the chosen one was going to go through the gate of time or something like that. Right. Like they were going to, I think it was more referring to Zelda, but either way, you know, she went to the faded place to go through the gate of time or something like that. And so what we learn is that it's actually the temple of time that we're standing at. It's like, Oh snap. Like, this oh, is here shit. in one of the weirdest locations ever. Like there have been, listen, other games have, have creatively moved the temple of time <laughs> into <laughs> wherever fit the story. Um, putting it in the desert is definitely like one of the weirdest ones, um, which I guess it necessarily wasn't. The, it was a forest at one point. I mean, according to the tree that we bring back to life. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there clearly was a lot of like grass spots and stuff like that. There weren't very many other trees other than the one big one that come back. At least, not that I remember. So I don't. I don't know. There were some mm. trees scattered around the desert, but I don't know if I'd say it was forest worthy. It was a grassland. Let's say that. Yeah, it was a luscious grassland with trees and water. Yeah. So now it's um. So now it's here in the middle of this canyon area. And, you know, Gorko's doing his research. He's like, yeah, there's something special about here, but I can't get in. I want to get in and see more. And so, uh, you, you actually, you can't actually get in here at this point. It, it turns out there's a, there's supposed to be an entrance connected through, uh, I don't even remember what the dungeon is called. Is it, cause it's not the mining facility. It's a whole different facility, right? Uh, <laughs> we can't, we can't not know this. <laughs> we just know that there is like crumbled entrance. At the Temple of Time, and I'm like, you're a Goron. Why can't you just lift these heavy boulders and get us in there? I I have something to say about that later on, but... You know what? Speaking of... Okay, hold on. Real real quick. Rewind. I hate bringing this up now, but I kind of have to because it just hit me and I can't let it go. Um, y'all remember back in, like, the... the, the uh, What was it? Not the Earth Temple, right? The one with the magmas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember how like how lead or I don't remember if it was lead or cobalt. Either way, the one that had the bomb bag and like left it behind was like, oh man, I can't through get through this gate. I left my bomb bag on the other side. Like this is a tragedy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He could have just, you know. Yeah, he yeah. had five bombs on him, and I know this because he gives them to you when you get out. 
Um, first of all, how is he carrying five bombs without a bomb bag? Second of all, why didn't he just throw a bomb and blow up the door himself to get his bomb bag back? Like, Or, since he dug it, his way into the temple in the first place, why didn't he just dig into that room? Right. Right. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Okay. Who, who wrote this? Anyway, back to this. We have another destroyed gate <laughs> with a bunch <laughs> of rocks in the way. <laughs> and a Goron. And Mr. Gorko can't lift up these little tiny boulders. Oh, so heavy for a Goron. Yeah. But no, Goron can't lift some easily boulders. He's a smart Goron, okay? His muscles aren't as developed. <laughs> he's he's that nerd Goron. <laughs> Yeah. He's not very athletic like the rest of us athlete Gorons, okay? So, oh goodness. So it is just the Lineru mining facility, by the way. So we, so he says that there's a connection between this and the Lineru mining facility, um, which, you know, for me, got me all kinds of confused because I'm like, am I supposed to backtrack again and go back to like where all the little dudes were actually like running a mining operation or is this different? Turns out it's different because what you have to do you is know. kind of further traverse the rest of this canyon area there's actually like a time stone hidden up on a tree or something and you can get back through and head back out to the main area where we just you know spent an unreasonable amount of time getting through but it's like a different side yeah you go into a different side but you end up kind of going back all the way around and like hitting the first side anyway so and i mean i guess in theory if you already knew the map you probably could have just gone this way to start but um, I've never been, uh, I, I never remembered that much about the game to even try it. So I wouldn't know. This um, is the part where yeah, we have to like hit the power generators, right? This is that part. Yeah. We get, so we get back out oh. to the main area and the first thing we come across is big old Sansi. That's like too big to get across. So Fee comes out and she's like, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm getting some kind of signal. It's coming to me. I, it, I think I got a map for this place. That's like different than the one you have and like overwrites your map to make it look like the map of the past um which i guess this whole area was you know grassy as you'd expect from the time shift stones but also like had a bunch of paths carved into a giant circle which i mean is indicative of like a park or something you know like maybe this was like you know the grand entryway towards the temple of time or something like that but also it's a mining facility, so that doesn't really work out either. The themes and the visuals of this area don't mesh together well. I think it's like a, just a walkway over the grass. Like they build like a walkway of like, what would you, what would you call it? Like this is, I was like, what, 15, 16 sides to it. It's like structure and like it leads to either the Temple of Time or the mining facility. Well, I guess it would be 12, right? Because isn't it like shaped like a clock? Oh, yeah, I guess it would be 12. Yeah, so it's very, it's very. I mean, in that respect, I think it is very much like okay, Temple of Time. Here's some time themes. Here's our little clock pathway you can walk around. I mean, maybe the Lineru mining facility like used to be underneath a grassy area. You know, like like maybe this was like their um, what would you call it? like a campus almost? Like this was like a campus. Yeah, Lineru right. Mining University. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I mean, you know, this campus can be used for a couple different things. I mean, like, like Geico, I think, has what they would call like a campus or something like that. It's just, it's just basically the area around their building. Um, if it's done up nice and it's done up like it's a big park or whatever, then sometimes they don't refer to it that way. Just, I mean, that's just, that's just what it says to me is that they had like, they had some nice exterior decorating around this mine back in the day. Yeah, they did. 
They went above and beyond. Yeah, I guess it, it makes sense. I mean, I guess like they would pick up the time shift stone. They would take it over to the Temple of Time to have it refined. I don't know. Just it's a whole different operation. Ain't nobody know. There is not enough details in this desert to even begin to suspect what would be going on here. The robots don't give you enough information. The desert doesn't give you enough information. The map doesn't give you enough information. And nobody tells you anything. Yeah, the whole the whole like story of this area is like, hey, isn't it ironic that the the advanced tech is actually ancient in this game? It's like, all right, cool. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, we see that. What, what do you want me to say? <laughs> you did it. Good job. It's almost like as if we were going to go back in the past and like find out the Egyptians had all this crazy technology we didn't ever know about. <laughs> Hoverboards? What? Right. You guys had video games too? Speaking of that, a hoverboard would make this desert a lot less painful. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> you know what's even more painful than this desert, at least personally, is this next part we have to turn on three power generators. And two of those power generators are in absolutely stupid rooms or stupid <laughs> facilities that have my least favorite enemy and puzzles inside of them. Where you have to use the the time shift stone to activate it, turn it to the past, let the sand drown down, and then the ampulas that were chilling on the top turn into baby ampulas, like little larvae, and you have to carry those dingleberries all the way to the power node and then bowling ball them in and carrying those things across that oh, okay, bro, I'm gonna change your life. Don't you dare use the beetle. <laughs> Carry them in the beetle, <laughs> and they cannot shock the beetle. All right, I'm I'm taking a leave of absence right now. <laughs> I'll be gone for a little bit to suffer in my own wallowing. Because. Because, yeah, if you're just going to try to pick one up and run it there, you're just going to pick it up, throw it, pick it up, throw it. Like, you can't. That's a hassle. Just use the beetle, man. It was made for that job. I think this is contributing to your hate. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I, I like, I'm not going to say, like, I liked these warehouses because that's what they are, right? Like, you walk in, it's like a big dusty warehouse. It's full of sand. Bunch of boxes. It's been infested by these, these, these sparkulas or whatever they're called <laughs> um sparkula and uh yeah they're called ampulate eggs so yeah gotta like run in like the, like first order of business find the time stone and hit it you know like it's the safest way to go about it and and then what you end up doing is you trade out the ampulas for uh to coblins or whatever they're called Right, and so you have to usually fight off like you know somewhere around a half dozen tacoblins, and then you can you can figure out the puzzle from there. Um, you're kind of like moving around like old storage containers and stuff like that. It's it's not listen. It's it's a real weird choice for a Zelda game to have a warehouse to fight through. Um, for that reason, like it kind of loses points in my head, but at the same time, like I I liked it better than the desert. Like you know it. <laughs> It's really, it's really hard to not say that about anything. <laughs> like almost everything you do in this that's not desert is at least a relief from the desert. But yeah, it is weird that two of them are in these, these, these warehouses and only, and one of them is just like behind a bomb wall, like just out in the open. It's like the example one yeah. that they just give you just because. 
And you can't use the, like, if you know the pattern of the, when you go to the structure in the middle, the tablet, I guess you could say, to activate the clock and move the hands where you, where they should go, it still won't work until you have activated all three generators. Yeah, man, you gotta have power to it or else it ain't gonna function. You know what I'm saying? I know, but like, just let me skip it. I already know what it looks like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It'd be nice, um, <laughs> especially if you have that knowledge, just as base knowledge. Like it's gotta be real frustrating. Uh, one hand's at twelve. One hand's at five. I think one's at <laughs> seven. Somewhere eight, in there, yeah. Nine, something like that. But yeah, I mean, we go, we activate these generators, we come back, we fix the thing. Okay, so guys, this is where one of the like one of the most hand holding parts of the game. I feel like was. Because I walked up to this generator and I didn't really understand the puzzle because I didn't know what I was doing yet. You know, you stick the sword in and then it's like, all right, now you got to turn it and like push forward when you think you're in the right spot. But I didn't understand if like if I pushed forward, was it going to like set the first one or was it going to set the far back one or something like that? So I was like, all right, let me test this out. So I like I get into the puzzle once, kind of see how it works. And then I exit the puzzle immediately immediately fee jumps out and is like hey did you know that this thing kind of looks like your map and like pulls up the map to show me where all of the generators were and i was like and i was like fee you just ruined the whole puzzle (laughs) i didn't know that happened i had no idea what i was doing but that would have been really satisfying to look at the map and be like oh look it looks the same as this thing like but she just jumps out and hands it to you like hey by the way like you're not good at this (laughs) Here, let me do it for you. <laughs> like, Looks like, like you need some help. Sometimes the eyes don't work so good, Link. Let me do this for you. Hey, Link, good thing. I know an optometrist down the way. I get your eyes checked. It's like, hey, you know how this whole desert was like a big old puzzle? I'm going to go ahead and steal the finish line from you right now. Is that okay? <laughs> like, you mean the one good setup this whole area had and you're just going to you're just gonna take that from me? Okay. Okay, Fee. It's like... Fee, you know, you like ice skating, right? Yeah, you should stick to it. I- <laughs> you, should st- you should stick to skating. <laughs> no offense, but you're kind of built into the game. You already know all this stuff. I don't need your help. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you want me to grow in my wisdom, Fee? Do you, do you, do you want me to do, cause like, we got trials. Like, we gotta, we gotta grow into the hero. And right <laughs> now, what you're doing is you're enabling me and you're stopping my growth. <laughs> <laughs> You're coddling me, and I don't need that right now. What I need is to figure out this puzzle for myself, gain a little bit of wisdom, maybe a little bit of insight, maybe a little bit of problem solving skills, and then, you know, <laughs> just, you know, just let me do it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> or, or, you know what, here, you know, here's the guy sword for you. want to go handle my tribulations for me? That's fine. <laughs> you can play the game. <laughs> you want to do this? You don't need me. You want to play the game? <laughs> Yeah, here's my here's my Wii Motion Plus. Here's my Joy Cons. Every time Fee pops out, she's like that friend that comes over that watches you play the game and says, "Oh no, it's fine. I'll just watch you." But then is like critiquing, like backseat gating you the entire time. It's like, oh man, you you know you got to do this. Oh no, no, you got to do that. Hey, yo, watch this next part. (laughs) It's really good. It's like, thanks. I wasn't gonna. You're right. I was good. I was gonna blink. <laughs> I was, I was actually gonna go get myself a snack. <laughs> you want something? <laughs> uh, pizza rolls. <laughs> Ooh, I got pizza rolls in my freezer. I'm gonna make some after this. Good deal. 
Sorry, that was real off topic. I got so excited about <laughs> pizza rolls. Because <laughs> pizza rolls are more exciting than this area. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, listeners. Um, as you can clearly tell, we all have very a lot of gripes about this. this if I had to describe the desert in one word, <laughs> I would call it dry. Oof. <laughs> It's so bad. As dry as that pun. If I had one word to describe the desert, it would probably just be. uh, If you can even call that a word. Alright. I mean, I think it is a word. Alright, a lot of of doom and gloom on this one. A lot of of monotony Mm. that we had to go through. But you know what? Guys, I got good good news. It's temple time, baby. We get to go into the temple. This temple for me is outstanding. Jeez. Well, I'm I'm glad we found a grain of entertainment in there. Yes. Uh, I just won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> so bad. jeez. Oh, you brought on the storm, fans. <laughs> <laughs> Sandstorm. Yup. Yeah, so so we enter the Lanayru mining facility proper and uh y'all like bugs. Nah man. Cause they're everywhere. We got them. I like scorpions a lot. <laughs> Are scorpions the arachas or arachas? Yeah, they're they're bad. You know what I call them? I call them baby gomas. They're squishy as I'll get out. I was thinking of thinking of them as face suckers. They do kind of look like that. They kind of look like the face suckers from Alien, right? Yeah. Yep. Head crab zombies from Half Life. From Half Life. <laughs> they're um yeah they're everywhere. They all die in one hit. This game was made for babies. Yeah. These dudes die in one hit. Easily disposable. Yeah. Yeah. I. Honestly, like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I remember specific details of this dungeon, but if you asked me to describe them linearly, lin- linearly, you're out of luck. I can't do that. <laughs> well, you see, the way this dungeon works... It's actually really straightforward. Is that first you have the sandy, dusty part, and then you have the high-tech conveyor part, and then you have mm-hmm. the next sandy dusty part, and then you have another conveyor mm-hmm. part, and then there's like a drone somewhere in there, um, <laughs> and then you gotta do some minecart stuff, and then there's another sandy dusty part, and you're done. So like, nice, yeah, no, I mean that's that's kind of, I mean, can you tell I love this? I just love this is this is the best chapter. <laughs> this is the best one. No. <laughs> I feel like this whole temple was super linear because there was only ever one way for you to go. Like, as soon as you enter, there's, like, most of the doors are just locked or closed, and you only have, like, one place you can go, and then that opens one other place, and you go there, and the whole dungeon pretty much follows that. Yeah. There's only ever going to be one new area you can go to. There's there's never going to be two doors you have to choose from and come back. It's always just one way. Like, when we had the Earth Temple, we got on the ball, and we started rolling around in the lava, and we could go any direction we wanted to off the bat just to explore a little. This place cuts that off entirely and says, you will go the way I want you to go when you get the thing that allows you to go there and only then <laughs> yeah there's a few like kind of side rooms 
that you could venture into yeah, rather than there that. Were, yeah. There were like a few minor loops, but like they really weren't anything. They were just for like extras. Um mm-hmm. and that would that would be like one room. Yeah. And there was there was one room that we would keep coming back to, but the thing was like the big middle room. Yeah, I mean there's a big big middle room, but then it was kind of cool. Like I thought I I appreciated this a little bit because what you would do is you'd go into a side room, solve something or get an item or like hit a time shift stunt whatever. You'd come back to that main room, and what you would normally have to do is actually like go back one room and go through a door that was locked there. And it kind of, I don't know, like part of me felt like, okay, I'm doubling back at least a little bit to try to figure out where to go next. Because if you just try to solve everything from that, from that like second room out, you won't get anywhere. Like you have to take everything you get and like kind of go back to the start of the temple and start making your way back through, Um, which I thought was cool. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's really not multiple ways to go. Like as long as you remember where you've already been, like there's no reason to ever go back. Yeah. There's so many, like, locked places from the beginning. So you have one side room you can go into. You go in there, you do everything. If there's another room after, you do that, and eventually you come back, and then something you did there or obtained there opens a new route, and you go do that, and then you come back. And it's it's not linear as in it's a straight hallway, but it's a linear as in you don't have many choices as long as you know where you haven't been. You kind of just go to the next one that opened, and then you'll eventually beat the temple. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, pattern to it. Um, I'll tell you what, what the room the room where it didn't happen where there's like all the sandy piles on the ground with the spikes and like spike traps and then there's when you actually get to like the top with the platforms you have to jump across and the frokes those giant puffer fish frog things oh boy that part yeah the ones that are straight out of pikmin yeah i hated that part i didn't mind the conveyor belt parts i thought those were fun but this part was and of course, me being the adventurer I am and hungry for money, I clean the whole room, right? clean the entire room, clean the entire yeah. room. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. It took like 20, 30 Just, minutes. <laughs> I will tell you though, I thought physics meant more in the game when I first approached those puffers. I thought no matter which direction or no matter what part of it I hit, I'm pushing it from this way, so it's going to go that way. But how it actually works is if you hit the very bottom right corner of the puffer, uh, the puffer fish, it'll go to the top left. You can easily move it around from standing in front of it to any direction you want with that blowgun. So it's a lot easier than I had originally thought. I was trying to reposition myself and jump to another platform to get in the right, the right you know, positioning to be able to blow them into the rocks. But you don't need to do any of that. Yeah, yeah, they're they're silly like that. They they will like move away from your airstream, but not like away from you necessarily. You get that gust bellows though. Um, yeah, instead of it, it blows them and more like hits them with the wind instead of blowing them with the wind. I was I'm not gonna lie, like, I was a little bit like I was upset with how much they respond because they do respond. They're one of the enemies in the game that keep coming back. Um, yeah, it's but, like ten seconds. But I was very satisfied with the way they explode when they explode. It's boom like that part. Um, it was a very like it was like like twice a bomb. It was like a very like hearty explosion. Their derp faces. I I uh I thought that was pretty great. But yeah, no, there's a lot of Yeah, like you get dust bellows in this room and we start playing Luigi's Mansion. Right? Yeah. You start moving <laughs> stuff around, man. Those that gust bellows, it's it's basically like the bag of winds from the Odyssey, you know? Mm. Just like yeah. mechanized in a way. 
but yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It doesn't really do what the bag of wings does because yeah, I don't think you ever use it to move a boat or anything. But oh, at some point, I don't even remember where. I think it's on one of the conveyor belts in this area before you get the gust bellows. But we find uh, this game's version of a Bemos, which were pretty, pretty uh, on crack. Yeah, so compared to Ocarina of Time, all, all through the facility, there's like time shift stones. Like they'll either shift the entire room or they'll shift like just what you need but um but a lot of times that ends up being where there's a bemos like sometimes it's like on a mine cart and you just move it along but the bemos like they look like a again a pile of rubble with a bemos head on top and then they into the past they like spring into a giant tower but that tower you can just like cut down with your sword just swinging left to right um and when they get down to the bottom you stab them in the eye and they explode it's pretty great so con- confession time um, I didn't learn that until the part of the game where your minecart literally runs into one and you're forced to deal with it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and put my dunce, camp, my dunce cap on because I thought they were invincible until that point and I was forced to be like, oh, there's a line through them. I guess I could, oh, I can just cut right through these and then I saw the little eye. I was like, well, that looks like a stab. Yeah. Yeah, I had a similar moment, Cam. I tried to use the slingshot in their eyeball. And I then I was like, definitely trying, did I that was too. to bomb at them. And yeah, like, I tried bombing. What's going on? And I, then I realized, oh, <laughs> this game works off of angles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Definitely happened. Definitely same situation. I mean, and then listen, like, I played this game before. I beat this game so before, which means I've killed a Beemos before. Yep. And I did not remember that that was what you're supposed to do. <laughs> like, what is, it's all. like, it's like, you know, you get to the forest temple and you like you see these eyeballs and you're like, oh, let me move my sword in circles because I know this game. I've played it before. But then you just sort of try to forget everything about this desert that ever happened <laughs> and forget that. Oh, yeah. Blocked it out of your memory. It was too traumatic. Yeah, it was. I mean, hey, <laughs> I went back to that hermit crab three weeks later and forgot how to deal with him. So I can't exactly blame you guys for forgetting after like what? The better part of a decade. A decade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly confused at what's next. I know that there's some centrobes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's where. like there's literal drones that like shoot rockets at you. Um, I, I mean, I know that when it sends little like little minions at you that have like lines on them that you can cut to make you know to make them go away. But then when you cut them, then the thing shoots another rocket at you. And I think what you're supposed to do because this is what I did and that's what worked was uh, shield parry it, shield parry the rocket, and it goes back and hits the drone. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can also just slash the rocket. That's what I was doing, just like mm-hmm. uh, the Ganondorf fight. Does it actually go back? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you hit it and the rocket goes back. Okay. See. And you can also use the bag of winds to blow the bombs back at him, but when they explode around him, it doesn't deal damage. But you can use the, the wind to blow the bombs around so they don't explode near you. I didn't actually know you could cut the little guys. Oh, yeah. No, you can. Yeah, I, that's what I did. I cut the little ones. Um... The rocket, here's the thing, guy. Like, I saw that the little dudes had one line, one vertical, one horizontal. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, that one's pretty obvious. I saw the rocket come out. The rocket had two lines. Like, it literally has like a, an X on it. Um, it's more like a plus sign because it's like straight up and, and hor- like vertical and horizontal. Um, and I was like, oh, it's got the universal symbol. That means I can slash it however I want. It came at me. I slashed and like, I, I must have missed and got hit. And I was like, well, that didn't work. So then I tried shield parrying mm. and it worked perfect. And I was like, all right, that's the move from now on. So I never, yeah. I never tried slashing it back again. The timing I feel like is a little awkward with the slash. You have to slash a little earlier than I feel like you would in most cases. Cause I was late a lot. 
Gotcha. That might have been the problem. Even when I felt like I got the timing down, I was still late here and there. So you have to do it kind of early. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, we get through some conveyors too. I keep bringing them up. I know, but it's like you love conveyors. Yeah, it's just got like um, spike ball traps and like stamina fruits, and they always run in a pattern. So if you just remember which way to run, you can kind of like run the whole treadmill and just you know be preemptive about it, and you'll be fine. Um, so second second confession time. I'm gonna stack my second dunce cap. The part in in this temple where I got annoyed and stopped playing at four in the morning the one night was where I didn't realize I had to use the stamina fruit to run across those conveyors and I couldn't figure out how to get to the other side of the room and I stopped playing for like four days. (laughs) And then when I came back with a fresh mind, I I figured that out in like 30 seconds. It's like, oh, they give me a stamina fruit every time I need one. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the fruit too, but my, my tired brain was like I don't why is that there? Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> there's, there's one <laughs> conveyor belt that you can actually just skip by jumping past it. Mm. Which I felt like I felt like a genius when I saw it and I was like, oh, I'm just going on that. I can just jump over here because it's like been playing a lot of Ocarina and a little bit of Majora's Mask. <laughs> like jumping into places I'm not supposed to jump to has become like a normal thing. <laughs> so I was like, I could definitely make that jump. And then I did and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> one less conveyor. Yeah. Oh, yes. did you guys know that the big room where you have to kind of crawl along the sand floor, <laughs> and then you get you get to the part where you go into another room, and there's like spike traps covered by sand, and you have to like figure out like where the spike traps are so you can like weasel your way through the maze, and then after that, there's the place where like Cameron was talking about where you're like following the mine carts up and down that platform, that whole area is called the Ancient Circuit. And I never knew that. The Ancient Circuit. Hmm. I guess it's sort of like a, what, what, like, you know, the Olympics of the mining facility. Well, yeah. I mean, it could, it could be like the whole thing was supposed to resemble like one big computer circuit or something. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look at it that close. I don't know, man. One, one thing I remember that I thought was cool was that there was one part in the game where it wasn't very handholdy and like you got to like this big stretch of sand that was impossible to just cross unless you look at your map and realize that once again there were paths underneath the sand mm-hmm. um i thought that was that was that was a good moment like for me like i got in i was like finally some puzzle that requires me to like call back to past information and feed didn't come out and just tell me what to do um, I'm sure if I had stepped off the platform and sunk into the sand, Fee probably would have jumped out and told me what to do, but that's not how that played out. So I was very happy when I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Like in Ocarina, we talked about how like, you know, the third dungeon, right? Like it, the belly of Jabu Jabu was like the wisdom kid dungeon. And that's, I mean, in all seriousness, like they follow that formula for the start of this game. Like they don't use the color scheme. Like it's not blue. For some reason, they just went with yellow. <laughs> It is what it is. Yellow is wisdomy. But but like we started out with the forest, with courage. I mean, you're fighting the spiders, you're going across tight ropes, which is like their replacement for like the whole jumping through a spider web thing. Like it's still fear of heights, right? Like going over a tightrope. They still have the power temple that's just explosions and fire and lava, you know? Um, and then this one was like our wisdom dungeon because it's, you know, it still has that same like 
you have to know how electricity works and that you shouldn't use metal. There's the ancients. Yeah. They're intelligent. <laughs> the an- the ancients are intelligent. I don't know if I would call them wise, but they're they're um get out of my you know, mind facility. A lot of information. <laughs> But, you know, wisdom a lot of times is about, like, the practical application of, of like, philosophies and lessons learned and stuff like that. So, like, it's good to have knowledge, but if you really want to use that knowledge to your own benefit, you need the wisdom. Yeah, so, so like, knowing that if you have a sansi, there might be a path underneath it is, like, one of the examples where they actually kind of tested your quote-unquote wisdom in this game. Yeah, a lot of places they just really didn't, and like the electricity is another you know big thing. I was like, that's like the new, that's like the new, like they really leaned into that part of it because I mean we had electricity in Ocarina of Time, and it was associated with the wind wisdom dungeons. Like they had electrical creatures in them, but like I don't know, it wasn't really about that back then, and now it is. Like now it's all about that. So I mean, I guess I get it. I mean, the use of electricity and the like the actual creation of a circuit. I mean, no, I gotta say like, we didn't, we didn't figure that stuff out in a day. Like that was, took a lot of theory and a lot of guess and test and a lot of like that, that is like one example of where wisdom is used today. Yeah. Technology, man. It's good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the world go around. I know. So that, that moment just made me think of that and like, you know, kind of just call back to Ocarina, like, they're literally reusing the formula, but they're not reusing the color scheme anymore, it seems. Which is fine. Like, that's not what this game's about. Forget about that color scheme. <laughs> Forget about it. It was useless. Didn't give any additional meaning to the game. Nah. <laughs> well, I haven't gotten far enough to see it, but if they're following that formula, then that would mean that after this dungeon, there's like a break before another dungeon where some stuffs happens. Some stuffs do happen. And- I've still only just barely beat this temple, so I have no idea. Lots of stuff happens. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's next. Nah, the game's over after this. That's it. <laughs> the game's over after Six this. Six dollars for this. This is the end. This is the ending. Good job. You made it. Climax. We're going to beat Girahim, save Zelda. We're definitely not only like a fourth of the way through the game. No. No. So, so yeah. So, we, we get through all the... I mean... I, uh, Again, we're getting through it. We get we get the boss key. This was this was the hardest one for me to figure out, but also still not bad. Um, how'd you guys? I feel like you guys figured this one out in seconds, if I recall. How'd you like the uh, the Armos on steroids, though? The Armos on oh the Armos in this game. Yeah, oh, everything. My goodness. So let me. I was telling Cameron about this, but let me like hash this out to you. So you know how evolution back in the day used to be scary where we had, like, giant colossal penguins that were 10 feet tall. We had sloths the size of treetops. Everything was more dangerous and beefy. So I feel like that's kind of how the Zelda universe, they made it, because everything in the past is more beefy than in Ocarina of Time in the future. You got beefed-up Armos. You have crazy Lazelfos that have metal arms. Mm-hmm. You have giant Skultula spiders. The Bemos are just taller and they're lasers are actually accurate yeah everything so far has just been evolutionary like you're you're saying like we're in like jurassic zelda right now like this is like yeah okay we're in jurassic zelda (laughs) skulltulas too the skulltulas are terrifying yeah everything's more beefy it it rings true with the lizalfos and these armos the armos and oh wait and the uh the deku babas too the deku babas are bigger and more ferocious yeah 
I don't know, man. Those babas that you come up to in the, when you're an adult back in Kokiri Forest, man. Well, I mean, that's when the whole world is poisoned with Ganondorf's evil and all the evils probably, you know, like feeding off of that. I'm just saying, man, if you treat your babas with love, <laughs> they, they will grow to, to some pretty uh, frightening proportions. Talk to them every day. I suppose the world in, in Skyward Sword is supposed to be like abandoned to evil while all the good people got above the clouds with the goddess. So it makes sense that these ones are also about as powered up as the ones in the future in uh, Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. I could see that. They're not that big, though. No, they're, everything is bigger in the past, man. But their mouth is like has different mutations and stuff. It's all that extra oxygen. Yeah. Or variations. Yeah. So the um the old... Um, what, what what did you call them again? I always forget the name of these guys. Armos, the big old Armos. Yeah, yeah, they're they're jacked up. I, what I eventually mm-hmm. learned was that you want to do the stab side first, but he doesn't present the stab side first, so it's kind of tricky to do it that way. Um, because they have like they basically these big like automata tiki faces that like bounce around and. You have to use your Gus Bellows to like spin a little turbine on its head and it'll open up its mouth and like, like a crystal in there. A couple of crystals come out. Yeah, they kinda look like the time shift stones, right? Or no, they don't. They look like the little red obelisks. Yeah, they're like pinkish. Yeah. To enter like all, all throughout the forest temple basically. We were shooting these little obelisk oh, things. They were blue in my game. Oh. The crystals inside of these guys were blue while the other ones you're talking about were still red. Uh yeah. I mean that might have been the same in this game too. I don't, yeah, I don't remember. But they, they're very reminiscent, right? Weren't they like the, kind of the same shape? Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much so the same shape before you hit them when they're all together. Yeah. So when they open their mouth, they have two sides. Um, and one like kind of sticks out a tongue and has the crystal on it. And the other side, the crystal is kind of like buried inside the mouth a little bit. Um, and typically what he's going to do is he's going to show you the tongue one so you can just slash it however you want, pretty much. Um as long as it's like sort of horizontal or comes from above, you'll hit it. If you try to swing up from the bottom, I'm pretty sure your sword hits something it's not supposed to and you don't get the hit. Um, but it's a lot easier to hit that side. Um, what they don't tell you is that once you hit one of these crystals, um, he starts moving a lot faster and he'll just like dunk on you from like seven feet away, which is not convenient. So when you go in to fight him, if you like, especially if you're trying to get a stab on him, which I'm terrible at stabbing in this game, like I just am. So if I can avoid it, I usually do. What I like to do is like spin him open while he's still slow and get over and do the stab move. And then when he's fast, I can just kind of like get him to open up his mouth and hit the tongue one real easy. And that just made the whole fight a lot better rather than like hitting the side one and then like having this mad dash rushed fight of like chaos to try to get the stab off it was so bad but i ended up figuring out a system so that worked. you had to fight three of them right i think so yeah yeah well two in that room for the boss key yeah two out of those three i actually destroyed both crystals the first time i had them open their mouths i got over and did the stab fast enough mm. but one of them i did miss that and he closed right before i got the stab and yeah he sped up and he was a lot tougher so we were just talking about the key, uh, the boss key. I actually got it super quick this time as well, where I only had to rotate it one way the first time for a second or two, and then it just kind of lined right up. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember this boss key because, again, I'm like 
two dungeons in the future now, and I don't remember this one. It didn't leave an impression on me, so I'm going to assume that I didn't struggle with it. I'll tell you what didn't leave an impression on me, though. This boss. Yeah, it was a terrible fight. This guy was a chump. Yeah, right? Is it what, the thousand-year arachnid or something like that? Yeah, thousand-year arachnid, mold arachnid. Basically, the, one of those little tiny baby scorpions had lived for a millennium, and if one of those little babies is said to live for a millennium, it will grow into a mold arachnid. Which is what this is. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be like um, a super territorial species, right? Like, there's not even another one in this dungeon that's even close to the same size, so. Yeah, I find it weird that that's supposed to, like, the little guy is supposed to grow into the big guy, but there's no middle ones. Right. Like, even with the Dodongos, we had the baby Dodongos, we had the medium Dodongos, and we had King. Yeah. Which was, like, a super, super old, ancient one. And in this, it's just either the baby or the thousand-year one. There's, like, no 300 to 700-year one that's, like, a medium, sculptural-sized fight. I just found that kind of weird. That's because Moldorak, you know, he waits waits till they're the ripe age to fight, and then he, he just has death battles with them and kills them all. <laughs> you, think that, you think there'd be some remains, though? Maybe it's, like, after 995 years, it just buries into the ground and molts into that thing in five years. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a baby for the entire beginning, and then just in the last five years, it transforms. <laughs> it metamorphosizes. All, all the other ones are still five years out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be a king one day. This this boss is really intimidating looking. It's almost like an enemy out of Godzilla, but not quite as big. It's like, it's a big thing. What was that movie? Yeah. Uh, Scary Clash you. of the Titans or something, where they had giant scorpions in it. Mm-hmm. They were like this size. But it's a very oh, easy fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're. I think you're on this. Yeah, Clash of the. T- that sounds right. Anyway, but yeah, Giant Scorpion. I mean, the thing about it is that it's so easy to fight. It yeah. is. Like the 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 trickiest part is when it buries itself, and even that is just like you hit it with some wind, and then it comes back out. But like, <laughs> especially phase one, it just puts out its claw and it angles it, and you just gotta like match the angle with a swing of your sword and. You win. <laughs> like that's yeah. Do that four or five times for each claw, and that's end of phase one. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie. Like I don't consider myself like an expert level player by any means, but I am pretty darn sure that I didn't even take damage in this fight. Yeah, I might have gotten hit once just from a tail swipe, but for the most part, it was it was a cakewalk. I don't know if it was supposed to happen like this, but I actually got hit probably four times in this fight because after I broke one of his claws, he would put his other one out and then he'd only leave it there for less than a full second and he would pull it back and immediately grab me. Hmm. He only did that, like, he did that three or four times, but I, I wasn't sure why it was happening. Like, he would put his claw out, I would go to swing, and before I could even register where I, how I should swing, he would be pulling back to grab me, like, immediately. Yeah. And I was like, this doesn't seem right, but... Whatever. And when I got done with that phase, I didn't get hit again. Yeah, he did that to me once, too, actually, now that I think about it. You just reminded me. I definitely got grabbed by the claw at least once. I don't really know if I remember that. I don't know why he was doing it so quick to me, but... You guys want to know a fun trivia fact about this guy? Because that's probably the only interesting thing about him. But, um, psh, burned. Uh, <laughs> okay. He, in the demo of the game in E3, back, like, a year or two before it came out, when they demoed this game... I like 2009 or 10. Moldorak was actually 
he appeared as an overworld boss in Faron Woods, not Lanayru. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. That? I don't know what made the switch, but... I mean, maybe it's just because I like Faron better <laughs> that I kind of wish that that was still the case. <laughs> I, yeah, because I, I think it's a good first level boss. Plus, it gives me mad... All the scorpions give me mad Goma vibe. Like, with the eyes and stuff. Yeah. So I feel like maybe they were trying to go with a Goma vibe. Yeah, right. I mean, imagine if it was swapped and, like, this is where we fought Girahim instead of in Fire on Woods. Like, that almost would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we talking about in the dungeon or just, like, in the woods? Well, he said it was an overworld boss in the woods. Yeah, it's an overworld boss in the woods. What that means, I have no clue. It could have been just... I would imagine that just like while you're running around the woods, he was just there and you had the option to go and fight him or not. I kind of think that would be a good idea with how big the areas are in this game to give like a special reward, whether it be a heart piece or like an upgrade to an item you have when you beat like an overworld boss. And that is honestly the difficulty that that entire temple boss felt like. It felt like an optional overworld boss with how easy it was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But that's... That'd be a cool concept. For such an annoying desert and annoying area, it is just such an anticlimactic boss. Like, imagine if in the desert there was, like, just a random really big sand pile and there was, like, a three times bigger than usual one of those mud frog things that jumps out and spits at you. And it had, like, weak points that you had to throw bombs at or hit with your thing or whatever. And it was, like, an actual, you know, lengthy fight to get an item. Look at us coming up with better stories (laughs) <laughs> give you something fun in that desert <laughs> so we beat this guy and the room like drains of all of its sand right mm-hmm. um which is kind of a cool effect like it, it definitely looked a little bit like a like a toilet flushing or something like it was kind of strange because like, <laughs> like when you finally drop one of the things you realize is that the sand didn't actually go down all that far because you can like look up and find the door that you came in through and it just the the scene made it seem like a lot more sand was draining <laughs> than what actually drained but i mean that's not really the point you know so you get your mm-hmm. heart piece you, there's another goddess door as if it was like going to one of the um spring you know like it like it's going to one of the springs i thought there was going to be another boss fight at the bottom of that sand after it drained yeah because that one was so anticlimactic really there's got to be something else i'm that's just what i expected i saw the sand draining i thought i was going to go down there and like gear was going to be like oh so you defeated it huh or something like that <laughs> That would have been better. Would have been better. And then there was just a door, and I was like, oh, I guess it's a bo- that was the boss. Hey. <laughs> Can we talk about this next hallway, though? Because honestly, this hallway is ten times better than anything in this dungeon. Yeah, this hallway was refreshing. <laughs> it's blue. It's very it blue. blue. It's very bright. It's very pretty. Wisdom. You come out of this hallway, and you activate that, that fateful minecart. It's like, it's glorious. It is, and then like it brings you across while you're just like going across this giant hallway of glorious reflections. Like, right? Is it even the sun, or is it just like light LEDs shining down? In awe, it looks like LEDs. <laughs> LEDs. It's the same ones that Ganondorf uses in his castle on Ocarina of Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Those> wall LEDs. <laughs> it looks like the Sheikah technology glowing. Yeah, this hallway is beautiful though. It's like it's a like in the old game, it's like a watercolor masterpiece. I don't know what it, like it's like in the new one because I know that they toned back the whole watercolor thing. Um, you know the impressionist art style or whatever, but in this one, mm-hmm. it was like I think it it just looked like a lot of really cool intricate circuitry on the wall that was like orange and blue. 
it's still really cool. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's a nice reward. It's like, oh, you made it through all of this. He's nice. This horribleness here. Here's a. Here's just some real pretty look at. Get you over that. And it did. It worked. Here's a pretty hallway. I was done. I was like, I ain't remember. I was in a desert. I'm like, this is. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hall of glory. Is what this is. This is great. <laughs> That's what we'll call it from now on is the Hall of Glory. So we just go on our little free like minecart ride <laughs> down this this glorious hallway of old. And um <laughs> we get to the end and we get back out of our minecart. I don't know. <laughs> just it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. We head back we head out like it's like a little stairway getting out, I think, right? And then yeah. we get a the best cutscene. It's not actually the best cutscene in the game, but it's like top five pretty good scenes in the game. Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty a good. A good way to end this, whatever this area was. Yeah, this is like the actual reward for like making it through the first three dungeons altogether, <laughs> is how I feel about it. Because it is like the best scene ever. This is where we get, like, okay, guys, grand reveal, right? This uh, goddess's attendant is, in fact, Impa. <gasps> no. Nobody Stop. spoiled that for me. <laughs> Stop it. He cannot. It's not really the biggest. It's not. It's not even the coolest part of the scene. <laughs> it's almost like a throwaway detail where, like, if you're like a, a fan and you're like, "Oh, like I think it might be Impa, but I'm not sure," and then like it's like you hear like yell, like you see Zelda and Impa, and Zelda like yells out, "Impa, blah blah blah," and it's like it's like a, it's like a little bit of a moment, but not as much of a moment as the rest of the cutscene is. Mm. So so you get out here and you see like. Impa and Zelda, like, like I think they, like, actually open up this gate. You know how last time we saw the big casual, like, beam of light that Zelda was going to walk through? Um, in this one, it, it almost looks like something out of Twilight Princess. Like, it's like a bunch of pixelated, like, I, I don't even know. It's like it, it, a bunch of design work, right? But it's all looks almost digital on the thing. It's like a portal of some kind. It's a gateway that Zelda's going to go through. Yeah. Stargate ZSS, Zelda Skyward Sword. Exactly. Um, so... So they open up the Stargate, the Oblivion Gate, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and like they're getting ready to go through and all of a sudden that entire like pile of rubble out front because you actually you're stepping out into the, the the inner parts of the Temple of Time. And it's not really like the temple. It's kind of like the courtyard of the Temple of Time. Yeah. But you're past that broken down wall that Gorko was stuck at. Um, yeah, you could yell over to Gorko, my man, right now. Yeah. So they're getting ready to go through this gate when all of a sudden there's a huge explosion <laughs> and all of those rocks go flying out of the way. And you're kind of like, I just had to like circumvent that by going underground through the most ridiculous dungeon. And you're just going to, you're just going to destroy the wall. Like you could have just waited. <laughs> you could have just waited for gear him to show up because that's <laughs> who it is. He's like, surprise, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Apparently, I can just clear oh, this man. wall because that's that's in my move set. Too strong, but not in Gorko's. <laughs> and uh, as as we know, he's after the princess. So, um, one of the coolest. Th I mean, I, I remember Link getting knocked back by the explosion, right? Like, doesn't he kind of get stuck behind something? No, he just gets knocked down. I think. In fact, I think when Gearham comes in, he like puts up a barrier or something like that. Yeah. Girahim jumps in, he puts up, like, a flame wall in between him, like, in between Link and him and the others, and then Impa runs up and puts up her own barrier, and then they start struggling, and the Link eventually gets his, gets his act together and jumps on over there and swings at Girahim and interrupts him as soon as, like, right as he's about to break Impa's barrier. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the showpiece, right? Is Girahim versus Impa. Yeah. Cause my dude comes up with his sword and we already know what that sword looks like when it goes to cut something. And like, you know, at least from the first time we met him, like it created a flash that like filled the whole room. Like he's, he doesn't go light with the sword. So he comes forward like with this huge attack and Impa just straight up is like, nah, I got this. And like does the, uh, rotation move that the, uh, you know, straight out of Naruto, uh, who was it? Neji does that one, right? The rotation? Yeah. Rotation! Yeah. But she was getting beaten back. Like, you know, he was shooting that magic at her. And yeah, but I mean, she, she was holding them up. I mean, we've never actually gotten to see Impa in actual action before. And this was like the first time that a Zelda game was like, hey, you know this really cool Sheik ninja character that you guys just, or Sheikah ninja character that you guys like kind of wish would do something because she's clearly built for it. Like, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> like, yeah. she, she got she got that force field magic. Like, it's pretty much the coolest thing ever. I did. You get to uh, kind of throw what she said back at her face, which made me so happy. <laughs> right? So, so happy. So, so, yeah, when Link goes up and he slashes, you get some dialogue options. And uh, I've only ever picked one <laughs> because there's three. And one of them is like, is Zelda okay or something like that? And the <laughs> yeah. other one was like, uh, I don't remember what the other one was. Just it was sarcastic because of what she said to you, right? And then the last one, which is one I always pick, is uh, the "Am I late?" Yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, the other one was like, "Take Zelda, go!" Like super story driven. Yeah, go, I picked that Zelda. one. It was, I think, it was protect Zelda, or make sure you protect Zelda, or something like that. Yeah. So basically, Impa goes into the portal and takes Zelda away, but. Am I late? <laughs> so good. Did you guys pick it? Did Anthony, did you pick that one? No. I I picked it the first time I played through the game, but I picked I picked the uh pro- go protect Zelda one this time. I want, uh, I wanted to be the bigger man. I wanted her to be like he could have just rubbed it in my face, but instead he prioritized protecting her. I made an impression. I what I liked about it is because like I didn't read it as him being snarky. How I read it was like like Impa, like very clearly and very like directly said you were late and that was the problem. So like when you show up this time and you're actually there for the fight and you're there and you're able to actually help protect, like it almost comes across like, like it, yeah, is it a little cheeky? Sure. But like at the same time, it's very much like, like, is this better? Like, have I improved? You know? Um, yeah. It's like, I did better admit it kind of. <laughs> she does nod. Like, look, I'm here. She does give us the nod. Yeah, if you if you pick it, I mean, she's not offended by it. If you pick it, she's kind of like, is that really what you're like? She kind of has this moment of like, <laughs> like that is not what I expected you to say. Well, I'll but be. But then she's like, no, you were right on time. Like, like she's kind of like, yeah, like you did better. You did good. You know, <laughs> it's it's cool. It's a nice little moment between you and Impa. That's kind of like you two are on the same mission and you understand that and like you are taking her criticism seriously versus like i mean like i I, I don't know i felt like coming in and being like is zelda okay it kind of just went back to that like link's obsessed with zelda and can't realize there's a bigger picture going on you know i don't know that was my thoughts on it but i mean i guess like if you if you pick like protect zelda then it kind of communicates the same thing like hey we're on this together like you need to focus on your mission i'll i'll distract your him you know um, I think if anything, it's Zelda that's obsessed with Link. The way that Impa had to hold her back the first time. Like, hey, hey, no. No. I know you want to run into his arms, but no. 
We talked about this. <laughs> no. And Link's just standing there like, what? What? Hi. She wants to what? <laughs> Why would she want to do that? <laughs> Pretty much. Oblivious Link. Um, yeah, no, it's cool. And they go they go through the, 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 the gate. Um, and then Impa straight up, like, pulls out a bomb from the uh, – from the Sheikah slate in Breath of the Wild and just like drops it and destroys the gate on our way out. It blows it up. She's like, oh, by the way, this, this gate going to self-destruct because I said so. <laughs> it's not really self-destructive. She's the one who does it, but you know what I mean. And let me tell you, Girahim is not too happy about what just transpired. No, not at all. And it's funny because once again, he doesn't take it out on you. He decides he's going to go do something else. So yeah. you don't actually have to fight him. He leaves. I don't even remember what he says to you because I was so surprised. It's like, all right, well, if I can't do this, I'm just going to go somewhere else. <laughs> it's like, all right, Kiriham, sure. All right, so I'm actually watching it right now because I pulled it up. So he's like, now you've done it, Lunker. I blame myself and I should have reprimanded you the last time, but I was soft. And I'd take pleasure in punishing you, but I have no time for recreation. <laughs> the next time, I'll do more than just beat you senselessly. I'll make the affair so excruciating for you, you'll deafen yourself with the shrill of your own voice. <laughs> then he just brutal. dips. So basically, well, he's like, I don't have time now, but someday I will. And when I do, you're going you're gonna to... I love the part where he's like, I don't have time for recreation. Like, beating up Link is just like an uh, like a <laughs> summer activity for him. It's, remember, it's an outlet for his stress. <laughs> That's what he said to us last time. You know, <laughs> things weren't going oh, his way. And he had, to, he had to come get you because that was going to help him get some stress relief. Yeah. If it wasn't for your meddling tunic and your cheeky sword... Girahim. Oh, Girahim. Oh, yeah. Girahim actually breaks through her barrier with his sword mm-hmm. and knocks her on the ground. Yeah, because that's, I mean, that's when that's when Link comes in to, like, yeah. you know, be the hero for, like, half a second. And then the options of tech, because Link goes, Link, and it's either, am I late? Go! Or protect Zelda. Those are the three options. Oh, I thought one of them was like, is Zelda okay or something like that? But maybe not. I guess not, if you're reading it. <laughs> Forget about Zelda. Is go, protect her, or am I late? Uh-huh. <laughs> Bro, I told you how I felt about that response. <laughs> was I late this time? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, you should get out of here. <laughs> that was rhetorical leave. <laughs> Oh my God, real quick before we say say goodbye, I kind of want to, uh, for our viewers and for you, Fonz, because I don't know if you watched the video that I had put in our A for No BPS Discord, but I, I'd show it to Cameron. But if anybody has the time, now that we're at the end of the episode, to check out Lunker on YouTube, I guarantee <laughs> you should watch it because it is, <laughs> it is so much fun. Um, the Adventures of Lunk. I haven't seen it. <laughs> It's nothing weird happens or nothing bad that like our viewers wouldn't want to watch, but it's it's great. I yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, he's just a meathead. He's just lunk, lunker, lunker. I gotcha. So yeah, um, I think that's the end of this episode, though, guys. Yeah, I mean we we got through the the nasty desert, and we got through the canyon area, we got through the the mining facility, we got all the way. To- I think. To the we should express this in song. Girahim. 
<laughs> Express what? And we stuff. did it! We did it! We did it! Yeah, we went across the dark okay, no. <laughs> Thank goodness we did it! Thank goodness! All right now we can now we can get back to the real game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, everybody, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, this has been A for No, B for Yes. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, tell us what you thought about the game. You know. Uh, be the first. Um, you can you can get reach at us. out to us on our social medias at A for No B for Yes, or our email account at uh, A for No B for Yes at gmail dot com. Um, Fight me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can fight Cam. Let us know if you want to fight Cam. I mean, he's just he's just the space in between two two Reese's cups. So <laughs> that's <okay>. right. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've fought that space many a time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good space to be in. Sometimes he's a half-eaten bowl of spaghetti, and sometimes he's a half-flat seltzer water. You never know. Or a soggy bowl of cereal. Listen, we've been many things, but mostly we've been waiting to hear from you. So, y'all, reach out to us. Let us know. Let us know what your experiences were. But, uh, but yeah. Hope you guys uh, have a good few weeks until our next episode, and uh, we will catch you next time on A for No, B for Yes. Peace. Did you get all that? at my sword my sword is amazing give it a lift Ooh, it's glowing like i don't know